Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Grouse Tapes podcast. I'm your host this week, Lewis Reed, and today in the show I talk to my good friend Ali Whiteford. Ali plays guitar in the Glasgow hardcore band Code of Silence, formerly played in Deceiver, who played a number of shows in the second half of 2015. Code of Silence have been around for a while, making a few waves, yet to have music out, so keep an eye out for that from Ali and the boys. Ali also does guitar lessons and plays with a number of bands as a kind of session musician. So I sit and talk to him about how he got into guitar and what he thinks of the Glasgow scene as a whole. The premise for this show, since this is the first episode, is that each week, or bi-weekly, myself and my co-writers at Grouse, Scott Hay and Ewan McDonald, will take turns to interview figures relative to their scene within Glasgow. So for me, I do the punk and metal aspect of the website. So I'll talk to people for that. Ewan is more alternative and rock based. So you'll be talking to people like Teenage Stepdad and Blood Orange and bands like that. And Scott will be handling a local hip hop kind of aspect of it all. So yeah, look out for more episodes and I hope you enjoy this first one. Zombies, eh? Uh, class. <laughs> <laughs> right, so how are you doing today, Ali? I'm doing good. <coughs> a bit of cold, but that's about it. Yeah, you're cold. Aye. You couldn't have picked a worse day to have a cold, my man. No, could not. <laughs> <laughs> better, better get the questions in, isn't it? Yeah, right, so tell the people a bit about yourself, John. Well, I'm a music student, I play guitar. I've been playing for about four or five years, I think. Um, I'm studying music at Langside College. Uh, and that's going pretty well. Who did you play guitar for? Code of Silence. So, how did you first get into music? With music being like the music you play, not hearing Ed Sheeran in the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically I had this acoustic guitar in my old room. And I never really played it or that. It was sitting there for about a year, just untouched. And then I think there was a Channel 4 thing going on where Halloween was playing the third movie in 3D. It was amazing. I wanted to be tuned that much. 3D week. Yeah. Years ago. That was so good. I still got my glasses from that. Yeah. I still got mine in my room. (laughs) Yeah, that was sick. And then um, I liked the theme tune so much for Halloween. I picked up the guitar off the wall and just started plonking away. When did you figure it out? Like, there? Aye. You're mental, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just sat and played that. And then, uh, I think my sister showed me the Alkaline Trio Aye. when I was in about primary six or something. I really liked them. And then it never got to, I never um, picked up that much more music until about first year when my good pal Jay showed me A Day to Remember. <laughs> <laughs> their album Homesick. We've all got to start somewhere. Yeah. Good place to start though. Oh yeah, you could do a lot worse <laughs> man, you could do much worse. Like those people who started on Asking Alexandria and Blackfield Brides and got their ears stretched to about size. Oh that was soon like after. 30 millimetre. <laughs> I never got my ears stretched but... <laughs> 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 Why, I was into all that guff for a wee while. 
Uh, still a big metalcore Wayne. Aye. So I even when I got into that, I started playing metalcore, and then uh, and then my parents were going to take me up north, and I really didn't want to go because there's nothing to do up there, no internet or anything. <laughs> so um, they're like, right, if we buy you a guitar, will you come up? And I was like, aye. It's a fair deal. Aye. Yeah, I'd have gone up for much less to be honest. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> <laughs> the there. Yeah, I'm not going to say no. And then, uh, so I got a wee crappy stag Les Paul coffee. Not coffee, coffee. And um, so I was sitting up north, plugging away in that. To be fair, I don't think MD started on an instrument that wasn't a coffee. No. <laughs> Everyone starts at the bottom. You've got it, man, you've got it. You really have those experiences of starting with something awful. Aye. To get to the good stuff. <laughs> so, and who were the guitar players that influenced you in this era beyond John Carpenter? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't know a lot of their names to be honest, but I can remember learning a few Azalea Dying tunes. I actually tried to audition for college playing one of them. <laughs> I can remember my, my current lecture now, I didn't get in that year, but my lecturer just said, well, that was lively. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have very nice my foot in the alley. But I was into all that. Matt Heafy was a, a big one. Yeah. I learned a lot of Trivium songs in high school. That was fun. Yeah, because obviously we went to the same school and I do remember you asked like, that kid that liked Trivium. <laughs> yeah. First gig and everything. First two gigs, actually. That was good. Eh, uh, who else? I think Steve Rye was one of them. He was one of the guys that encouraged me to get a seven string guitar. <laughs> he was the first to come out with uh, Ibanez Universe. Who did he play for? I was a solo guitarist. Really? Yeah. Cool. Aye. <laughs> uh, it's not often you really hear that, like solo guitarists influence folk. It's always just Metallica and Slash. <laughs> Aye, Metallica as well. Yeah, of James Hetfield and Kurt Kammett. I can remember. I got a, I got a new guitar after that old copy, and uh, that's a pretty nice one. It's sitting over there. It's an audio podcast, Ali. I know, but <laughs> it's just for your benefit. <laughs> but uh, I, I got that. Went up north again, and I remember learning the James Hetfield solo and Master of Puppets. A classic. I doing that for my college showcase soon. That'll be an exciting time. I'm gonna plug that show. Yeah. <laughs> 29th at Langside College, if you want to come. <laughs> How much on the door? <laughs> Pulling it three quid or something. Three quid? Aye. It's not worth it. <laughs> Get me guest list and I'll come down. <laughs> Bye. Fine, how would you say you've like... Because obviously you started playing guitar at a kind of young age. How would you say you've evolved? since then with terms of like who you're listening to and the style you want to go for. You know what's coming next, don't you? Tech. <laughs> Got any, uh, a lot of technical metal. Rock on, dude. I know. Uh, a good example of that is Animals as Leaders. Like, they're uh, lead guitarist Tosin Abassi. He's an absolute machine of a man. <laughs> Plays an eight-string guitar. He's probably just one of the most like virtuosic and like such a wide range of stuff that he plays just boggles my mind 
Do you think that comes from you being a guitar player and wanting to push yourself so you will look at this kind of mental stuff that Animals as Leaders and Sixth and bands like that pull out? Definitely. I mean, even when I was learning Metallica and stuff, I always used to try and play as fast as I could so yeah. that I'd like train myself for like that to be the sort of Stand. the bar. Yeah. You know? Aye. So I got into all that stuff. And then, um, tried to learn to play it. <laughs> Some of it went better than other parts of it, but I that's a bit me now, I suppose. What do you mean some of it went better than other parts? Well, <laughs> you can't just you can't just pull everything you hear out your arse, can you? <laughs> I suppose no, no. <laughs> no. What's been like the most challenging thing you've tried to pull off that still plagues you to this day? Um the sweep picking part and the Born of Osiris song machine. <laughs> I've, I've, it's been like nearly nailed for about six months now. I've just not got it there. <laughs> one day, my man, one day. Aye. So uh, when you started playing guitar, did you ever have like aspirations to play in a band or was it just like, oh, I'm going to do this to keep myself busy, it's better than going out and playing football or whatever? I hate football. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, in school i just done it for fun. And then my pal Finn Taylor said to join his band. Never happened, but I was like, I think Finn said that to me three times. Aye. (laughs) Still never happened. Joining Hold On Tight, the S Factor Supreme Band. But, um. Remember the year they covered Twin Atlantic? That was amazing. That was like the best day ever, whatever. Yeah. I'm still trying to convince (laughs) those guys to do a reunion show. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen. Due to most of them selling out. <laughs> I remember I was going to do We Still Believe by Stick to Your Guns Acoustic at the school talent show. You should have done the electric version and got the full light. Yeah. I've done like such pain or something. Plus, years lamping teachers. <laughs> Actually, I was meant to do Toxicity with Lloyd Hamilton, but that never happened either. That would have been amazing. I mean, that was always what got me with the school talent shows. It was never good songs. You know, like the best songs you ever got were like the teachers band when they play like ACDC or something and I'm not even like an ACDC head yeah. <laughs> it's just better than oh what's that one song everyone used to do it was like Jar of Tears or something like that. Oh, Jar of Hearts. Jar of Hearts, yeah. <laughs> like, everyone used to do that. You'd be great hey, that. that song. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the original, but it was just through, like, the school talent show. I heard it maybe four times a year. Yeah. In the same <laughs> two hours. <laughs> I remember one time some bird covered an Evanescence song, and I was sitting in my seat nearly crying. <laughs> Sick. Did you see that uh, Ed Balls tweeted about the Eurovision? He was like, oh, congratulations, Portugal, but it's not quite Evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> That surely must have been hacked. <laughs> no, because somebody asked him, like, what's your favourite Evanescence song, Ed? And he went, My Immortal. Oh, <laughs> That's insane. Imagine Ed Balls being an Evanescence fan. I can't imagine him being a fan of much. I mean, I don't think he can really afford to be one name like Ed Balls. Uh, oh my god. <coughs> that was amazing. Yeah. So, uh, I think, am I right in saying that Deceiver was the first band you were in that played any shows? Yep. I think it was the first band I was in actually. Um, I, I can remember sitting outside a vocalist Trey's back garden <laughs> and he was like, oh we need a guitarist for a band and I was like, I'll do it. 
<laughs> I suppose. Yeah. I probably I probably shouldn't have joined a band on a whim, but there we go. And you say it was like a good experience having that band. Like, I'd say there was one good experience, and it was <laughs> <laughs> apart from laughing a few times in the practices. We um our first show, which we'd written one song for, it was like right. I think we need more than this. So <laughs> we got a six hour practice beforehand and um came up with loads of random ideas, cobbled them all together, and um our pal Carrot came in to, <laughs> to watch us while we were practicing this and he was like, You better do a lot of practicing before this show. And the show happened, everything went perfectly somehow. <laughs> and he came up to us after and just went, You must have done a lot of practice today. <laughs> Just to look at surprise on his face. And what was the time frame from you just need to practice to off to you did practice? Hours. Two hours. Yeah. Fair play, fair play. <laughs> to be fair, I think it's kind of one of the first band experiences that must have come from it. It's just like not learning before accepting it and just jumping in head first. Aye, basically <laughs> what we did was we had one riff at the start, then everyone just improvised until the end. <laughs> Somehow worked. Folk were moving. It was bizarre. Well, if it works, it works, you know. Aye. I believe that famous quote, if it's stupid but it works, it's not stupid. Exactly. I suppose you can't, it's not really the kind of thing you can recommend to any budding young bands out there, but mm-hmm. you just got away with it. It's like Ingvi Malmsteen said, it sounds good, it's good. Talking about writing music, obviously, but the same premise. I think I've ever heard a single one of his songs. I think he just was. Just makes him up as he goes along. Aye, probably. <laughs> oh, he's good at guitar. Aye. <laughs> he's not... Imagine getting like that famous just for being good at guitar. He's not even in any bands or anything, is he? I think he played with Guns N' Roses once, maybe. Aye, but that wasn't like. Nah, his but band. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like. He didn't become famous because of that. Yeah. So even like. Did Devin Townsend, he had Strapping Young Lad and everything before he went off and did a solo thing. Now he's Aye. known as a nutcase, and Malstein's just known as that boy who can go like twiddly, twiddly, twiddly in his guitar. <laughs> I know. Absolute banger. <laughs> I can remember my pal Jonathan for college was saying he seen Ingvi Malmsteen once. He could Aye. hear absolutely nothing over his guitar. He just had <laughs> all like ten of his amps up to ten. <laughs> so this, he said it was like a. Do I feel like he's compensating for something if he's got ten amps? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he said there was a keyboardist trying to do a solo. He was like firing away, he just couldn't hear anything over the drone. <laughs> Must suck being in his band. I know. <laughs> but it wasn't as fun. Like, but it's not as fun to play with him as it is to play with Deceiver. Deceiver, it was more like a. The fun came from what can get, what can I, not do and get away with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, I unfortunately never got to see Deceiver in their short time as a band, but I did watch this set where you covered another band's intro three times. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> beginning, middle, and end, man. <laughs> I suppose it's like better to just cover the intro instead of doing the full songs. Like you see bands who come out and play "Smells Like Teen Spirit" first, and then play it last, and then come back out and do it as an encore. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, we didn't even say we were covering it, so no one knew. <laughs> Literally, no one noticed. That's the way to be, man. That's the way to be. Like, you can pam it off. Aye. What would you say like the biggest moment for that band was? Playing with TRC. It was also our worst moment, but it was, <laughs> it was the biggest. How I can remember. I, I had that 
new guitar I got for on in that Basler Puppet solo. Yeah. Uh, replacing my seven string because there was something wrong with it. And uh, the strings on it weren't a heavy enough gauge to down tune as far as we had to. So, <laughs> so I was trying to do these pinch harmonics and stuff and it just sounded like a f- somebody falling down some stairs. <laughs> it was just terrible, man. <laughs> like, it was so bad. So and then there was, even, there was one bit where like everything was meant to cut out and then I was meant to come back in with a riff. I just forgot. I was just standing <laughs> looking hard. Hippies <laughs> looking at me. I'm like, like song flexing with your pecking hands. Like, <laughs> nine stone in me flexing. <laughs> 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 so, um, like what happened with that band? Like why did it all fall apart? Uh, <laughs> well, I, st- I stopped caring. Stopped looking yeah. in the group chat. And I had just stopped talking to them. And then I was talking to Trey, and he was like, "Yeah, I feel the same." So we, <laughs> instead of formally going up to the band and be like, "Sorry guys, but we're gonna have to call it a day," we um we just left the group chat, <laughs> only to be added in five minutes later. Going, I just leave the group chat. Well, uh, um. You'd think like the theory <laughs> you're doing it at the same time. <laughs> Get ahead. Yeah, I allude to what has actually happened. Yeah. So. Like, how far after the dissolution of this evil did Chorus Island start up? I've actually no clue. They've been like six months or something. I remember it was in the, the Bargrady Street in Glasgow when we were talking to Ewan. Yeah. Was it Sophie's birthday? And then, um, aye, that's when Ewan joined the band because we were talking about doing a hardcore thing before that. <coughs> and then when did Trey start? As far as I know, uh, Trey was the first. Like his idea. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> I never even knew that. Yeah, it's amazing, like, the, you know, the work he puts into it now. <laughs> oh, aye. <laughs> Showing up to practice one out of six times. Uh, twice a year. Uh, <laughs> he's probably only been at practice twice this year. But, and, uh, how do you feel about Code of Silence compared to Deceiver? Much more competent, definitely. <laughs> Much, eh, uh, more thought get put into the songs. <laughs> Not much thought's been put into them, to be fair, but it was more than a riff than improvise, you know? Yeah, there was a kind of... a drive to actually finish them. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there was some kind of continuity between the songs. Yeah, definitely. Was just <laughs> Did, like, Deceiver have that effect where, like, you never actually committed anything to being a song? You just, like, changed it every time, or did you have, like, a basic idea of what you would do? Just thought I changed it when I thought of something better, really. On the fly. And how many times did that happen on stage? <laughs> <laughs> well, the five gigs we played, it was different every time. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I played the, that <laughs> cover differently as well. <laughs> <laughs> Try and make it your own. Uh, exactly. To quote Louis Walsh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that accent. <laughs> <laughs> Please. For the... For the sake of the people at home, I'm not going to attempt that. Well in. <laughs> uh, how far can you see yourself going with music? Well, as far as I can, really. I'm thinking about doing <coughs> video game music and guitar tuition. Do you want to plug your guitar tuition? Yeah, sure. Ayrshire Guitar Lessons. Hit <laughs> up the Facebook page if you're wanting to learn some shred licks. How much will that set the good people back? £25 an hour, which sounds like a lot, but 
the industry standard is £31 an hour, so... You'll not find a better deal this side of the Clyde. Oh, no. You'll <laughs> <laughs> not. Um, Bye. Hopefully, just, um... I was watching Mick Gordon, who done the Doom soundtrack. Yeah. <coughs> He's an amazing guy. He was saying he worked, like... He would do, uh, like, 14 hours a day, but he'd do two hours completely on, 100% focused, and then an hour off. And then a wee lunch break in between somewhere. Yeah. Just to focus his creativity. Make it some sort of structure like that in the place. <laughs> it's a hard thing to commit to, but... Yeah. That kind of... That drive towards something. I suppose like he was getting paid a lot of money to do a massive video game soundtrack, so I suppose that's all, all right. the incentives you need, really. I was thinking like, when I looked at the track list, it's like 20 songs long or something. I was like, it must have taken a while. It took him two and a half years. Oof. I God's sake. No. I think that's why the game took so long. <laughs> Probably. Hurry up! <laughs> well, Doom 3 was, what, 2003? Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. It was a, I'm sure I played it, that was out in like, the original Xbox and stuff. Yeah. So it would have been a <laughs> long time. And uh so you said like you got into the Halloween free soundtrack and that's why you play guitar and you like the Doom soundtrack. Or soundtrack something you often find yourself gravitated towards. Not anymore actually. I think it was just that one. Um I can remember learning the Ghostbusters theme actually. <laughs> that's that was, sick. That was a good one. And the Power Rangers theme. Uh well, not a movie obviously, but yeah. Uh, can't think of any more themes to be honest. Fair play. <laughs> and uh, obviously, based in Glasgow bands, how do you view the hardcore scene in Glasgow? It's class, to be honest. Right. I mean, like, see when you go to, um, I mean, we went to see Blood Youth, Zolks, and number them. Yeah, that show was bands that are technically bigger than the bands we see in the GHC, yeah. but there was about, there was about 50 people there, maybe. Not a lot at all. Whereas, audio shows, most of the time, are quite full. Just about 200 people. So, you know, for a local scene, it seems to be quite thriving. Don't know if that's in part to do with Thanks For Nothing Records, which recently disbanded due to lack of funds, which is a bit sad. Allegedly. Aye, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> somebody picked that up now uh, yeah trial by fire I'm doing shows now but it's not the same thing yeah because there was a bit of crossover between trial by fire starting and cruel minded stopping mm-hmm. I remember the last thanks for nothing show I wasn't at <laughs> because I was away seeing a tech metal band of course you were I had the time of my life <laughs> <laughs> I went myself and everything <laughs> it was worth it by, uh, I mean, there's, uh, there's bands we know, like local bands to us, Kilmarnock, uh, such as such as Revolve, <laughs> who they recently toured Europe, which was a big thing for them. Obviously, it'd be a big, be a big thing for anyone. And you can read the review of their latest EP on grousegla.blogspot.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Couldn't get a five stars, man. <laughs> Aye. They're really good. They're a good band. And then you've got bands like um, Kingpin have been about for ages. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know. But I mean, level of vocalist is like 40 something. Yeah, he's like 
Barely. I started. Yeah. Don't tell him I said that. I uh, hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it. <laughs> Aye. Yeah, he's in his, like, he's like 34 or something and their drummer's pushing 40. So they're the old boys. Mm-hmm. The OG crew. Yeah. Then you've got the band like Revulsion, who are surprisingly big for the, t- the type of music they play. I mean, hardcore in general is not something that's massively palatable, but Revulsion especially, they're quite death-orientated. Yeah. <laughs> Take that as you will. I think with but Revulsion you can kind of make the argument that they're barely a hardcore band. Yeah. But I don't know what else you would call them, because they're definitely not deathcore, despite mm-hmm. the death influence. I know, they're just like an amalgamation of so much weird crap. <laughs> Good crap. That's <laughs> uh, that's the pull quote from this interview, just good crap. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're quite big for such a heavy band. They played yeah. the Outbreak this year, didn't they? And last year. Yeah. And last year. Which, Outbreak's grown quite a bit, hasn't it? Well, yeah, it was a two day event this year and it was 60 quid a ticket. I think. Last year it was 30. Yeah, and Revulsion played quite late on this year, mm-hmm. I think I'm right in saying. But yeah. Yeah, they're quite high up. Oh, another band for Glasgow that played Outbreak as well was um, Outreach. Yeah. I. <laughs> That's mad that they played it. They've had like, what, four or five shows, maybe? Uh, they've played quite a lot. Have they? They've played down in Leeds before, so I think that's how they had like the in. Aye. Apparently they played a good set though. Yeah. Good on them. I missed it. Better edit that one out. He's Carrick's listening. I've told Carrick this Because what happened was I was in my bed in Outreach for the start at 1. And I was in my bed at 12. I was like, well, I can see them every five minutes in Glasgow, so I'll patch it. Just imagine you're looking at your phone at the time and going, nah. Yeah, just putting the group chat like, boys, I'm going to miss Outreach. I said that to Carrick and he looked genuinely heartbroken. Oh, because <laughs> that would have been a big thing for him. Yeah, because I was like telling him before it how proud I was. <laughs> how buzzing I was to see it. And I uh, just stayed in my bed. And you slept in. I didn't sleep in. I could have made it. Aye. But I didn't really. I talked myself out of it. Could have had a good breakfast instead. I didn't even have a good breakfast. See, I'm like. <laughs> become vegetarian, my dad forgot I was like staying at his house. He didn't get any veggie food in, so he said like pasta and salt. I can even have pasta <laughs> because all his pasta sauce he's had bacon in it. So my breakfast that day was curry, super noodles and a bottle of brew dog. <laughs> Rock and roll. Hell yeah man, that's the way to do it. It's like Farway Drive making super noodles and they're like the kettle and the tour bus. <laughs> Set more rocking dude. <laughs> you know? They're all straight edge anyway, don't do any rocking. Yeah, uh, I think. I don't think they're all straight edge, I know Winston is. Yeah. I feel like it just. This is probably going to come across as quite stereotypical and maybe a tad racist, but I feel just like because we're Australian, they all love beer. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't get offended if somebody said that about the Scots. <laughs> so no. I think there is like a lot of parallels you can draw. Yeah. I mean, even in their own humour, they're all, you know, steaming all the time and stuff. Yeah, exactly, man, exactly. I mean, there's like that meme floating about them, you know, like, big bag of cans of the lads. That's yeah, exactly. originated in Australia, so what more can you <laughs> say? And we've, like, adopted it as our own. I know. 
Because who doesn't love cans? Bar the straight edge. <laughs> Aye. And just to kind of round us up so I don't keep you too long, who are some of your favourite bands that you would recommend for the people at home? Destinage. Like, amazing, insane. Every genre you can think of put into a sort of technical metal band. Like, every single one of them's an insane musician and I love them. I've seen them at that show that I missed Thanks For Nothing at. I don't know who they were at the time, but I was standing up the front unit yelling. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, so good. Uh, yeah, what album of theirs would you recommend people start with? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Probably easiest to get into would be Are You Kidding Me? Question mark. No. That's probably the best one. Starts off with some sweet picking madness and punches you straight into it, basically. Sick. <laughs> Anyone else? Eh. Uh, I'm listening to it at the minute. Code of Silence, obviously. Obviously, Code of Silence, once we put out music. <laughs> <laughs> once we get round to that. Just watch the YouTube sets. Aye. <laughs> the first ones, though. I mean, no. The, the second one we did. They Was that recorded? Yeah. Uh, the first two shows were recorded, and David didn't put up the third one. Was the third one that you were drunk at? No, it was the second one. The third one was the one where you stopped playing. And All right. he, I think he just stopped recording and deleted the footage, to be honest, and I'm quite, quite grateful for What that. a gem. I know, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> actually buzzing. That was like the worst thing I've ever done. Oh, well, we've got to have the bad shows. Yeah. I'm not let that happen again. Other <laughs> um, bands. Uh, <laughs> one album that I've not stopped playing recently is the new Blood Command album. Basically described it as Paramore with three sets of bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. no, that's the full quote. <laughs> Episode title and everything. Yes. By the way, punk vocals we. Like really melodic, catchy choruses, and then like heavy guitars in between, and some like synths and stuff. I've actually got a song. To the last two songs in the album, the first one is like a hip hop kind of tune, which is great for that bird's voice because it's pure like gruff as hell. And then the last tune's got a like mariachi trumpet in it, <laughs> the full way through. It's amazing. I need to check that out. Right, well, thanks for your time, Ali. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Make sure you message the Facebook page, was it Ayrshire Guitar Lessons? Aye. Get this boy to teach you guitar. Keep an eye out for Chorus Island shows. Maybe a Deceiver reunion one day. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> and uh, when's your college gig? 29th? 29th. Langside College. Right, if you've not got anything on, get down and check that. <laughs>